Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is podcast number 25, Revelations, but without the Antichrist. Welcome to Season 3. I'm using a new microphone. It's a wireless, so I can move around a little bit and maybe get more expressive. Let's see what happens. I've had a few revelations in my life. Some of them have been grand and some of them have been small. Probably classified as one of my small revelations would be about the 1960s TV show Gilligan's Island. You see, I used to be a bit of a theater snob. I even looked down on Neil Simon. And so I also thought Gilligan's Island was just stupid. Never mind that I watched it as a kid for entertainment. As an adult, I thought it was just ridiculous. What can we possibly learn from Gilligan's Island? I thought. And then one day, I was in my efficiency apartment in Columbus, Ohio with a really nasty fever. I was in bed, unable to move, just lying there and watching TV. And on came Gilligan's Island. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this Too weak to reach out and change the channel, I let the show play in front of me. And suddenly, in my fevered delirium, I got it. Gilligan's Island is a farce. It's just supposed to be funny. Nothing more. It doesn't exist to teach us anything, except how to make everything out of bamboo. And I mean everything. A record player? But then, why not a rescue boat? And so, since that time, I've used the show in my theater classes as an example of farce. I'm no longer a snob about it. It's a useful teaching tool for me. And we can learn something from it. We can learn what a farce is. Oh, and I'm also no longer snobby about Neil Simon, either. Thinking about other revelations, another one that comes to mind is my thought on music loops. A few years ago, my one musician friend began using loops with some of his experimental compositions. I would listen to these and not be very impressed. Sorry, Jeremy. I always enjoyed the music he composed and played himself, but using other people's loops and sounds seemed to be less creative. And then I discovered GarageBand and all the things that I could do with GarageBand and loops. I immediately began creating musical settings for the poems and song lyrics that I had written. And this was excellent because, well, for years I'd been trying to find composers to work with me on some of my songs. My aforementioned friend has worked with me on several musical productions. I still remember listening to one of his CDs and saying, Did you know that you were writing music for my production of Peter Gint? He also provided music for my productions of Iphigenia, adapted from Euripides, and my original musical Dog Assassin. Prior to those experiences, however, I had attempted to work with several musicians with absolutely no success. 
So back to Columbus, Ohio once again. My friend Wes uh, listened to a story of him in my wedding episode, number 24. He had met a guy who claimed to write music. Wes then acted as my agent and brokered a meeting between the two of us. Wes and I showed up at this guy's apartment. Also present was the guy's friend or roommate or whatever, who was more interested in smoking weed and listening to, and I quote, Floyd. I gave the erstwhile composer a binder full of song lyrics. And then I never heard anything from him ever again. So I don't know if he didn't care for them or what the story was there. A few years later, I met a young songwriter at my other friend's wedding. In order to get our collaboration started, I gave him the lyrics to only one song. It was entitled Siren Song. And it was a very serious piece about a man being tempted by another woman. The composer went away, worked on it, and eventually gave me a cassette tape. Yes, a cassette tape labeled Siren Song. I was amazed to find that my serious, soul-searching song had basically been turned into a pop song with a happy, upbeat chorus. This ended my search for other composers for quite a few years. But back to GarageBand. I quickly realized that I could record my recitation of a poem or song lyric and then add various instruments and edit as needed. I made the intro and outro of this podcast in GarageBand. It was originally a music demo for someone else's project, but they didn't want it, and so rather than let it go to waste, well, here it is, put to good use. Since the topic of this episode is revelations, here are a few of my spoken word pieces with musical backing that deal with some sort of revelation. One of my revelations was that songs or poems can essentially be character monologues, and I used this idea in a piece I called I, Prometheus. Prometheus, with eyes half-closed and labored breathing, attempt to sleep for just a moment. To slip into slumber, relax for an incalculable time. Perhaps to dream and let my mind rest and wander from my body. My body, chained to this rock, punished for my crime of bringing enlightenment to those who needed it and deserved it. A simple giving act for which I spend eternity chained to this rock. To those who receive the gifts of fire and knowledge, live any better for the receiving of the gift. Daily, the eagle, sent by Zeus, comes to tear at my flesh, 
to slash at my flesh with claws and talons, to tear at my insides with talons and beak, to devour my liver, leaving me to heal, my body still chained to this rock. reminds me daily of my act is to remind me daily of my crime but it was no crime it was no sin and I will never repent and even if I did repent the eagle would still return daily and tear at my flesh daily. My waking hours spent healing, my nighttime hours wishing for a minute's sleep, a moment's rest, but never to forget my body and this rock and these chains forever. One time I was in New York City for a conference, and three of us were traveling to a site to meet up with people from a theater group. Our taxi stopped at a red light, I think we were third from the intersection, and suddenly our driver throws the car in park, opens the door, gets out, slams the door shut, and goes running off across the street. We're stunned, and wonder what we should do when the light changes. We notice the traffic stopping in the other direction, and just then our driver runs back to the cab, opens the door as the light turns green, tosses a can of soda and a straw onto the passenger seat, sits down, puts the car in drive, and follows the cars in front of him. I needed to get a drink for hours, he told us. So that led to So Relaxed. I am never so relaxed as I am in a New York cab. Anything can happen, suddenly and without warning, from any direction. So I just let go and relax. Now if I can only do that with the rest of my life, because you just never know. Your tire blows out while going 70. Another driver had too much to drink. Someone's brain, cooked on cell phone microwaves and antidepressants, goes berserk and starts shooting in your direction. It could happen any time. So we have to enjoy life when we can experience things that present themselves, live life fully and appreciate each moment because we might be dead in 10 minutes. Finally, in Echo Ever After, I present some general, well, maybe more observations than revelations about aging.
So many years ago, well, not so many, together we planted a single rose and let it grow a garden all around us. We stand hand in hand inside it today. The garden didn't always grow as planned. Some seeds that never took to root, some plants that withered on the vine, storms that made us run for cover. But a path for us to walk was always there. We look back and see it clearly now. It seems everything has its season. It seems everything happens for a reason. Birds drink from the fountain, a fountain filled with tears of laughter. Tears of laughter, joy, and love, and tender thoughts that echo ever after. The water fills a reflecting pool. Are those ripples or wrinkles? Sun and care and time have ripened us. Have they made us wiser fools? Our castle walls are not without their cracks. Our garden has its thistles and its thorns. The vines threaten yearly to smother all that we built, all that we have. But they yield to our gardening hands, tending the growth as best we can. Time, wind, and weather smooth stone. We know this belongs to us and to us alone. We walk the path barefooted, slowed by pebbles, thistles, and thorns. We make our way more cautious now, but it's easier. When walking hand in hand, after 
Though I have managed to flesh out some of my lyrics and song ideas with GarageBand, I still wouldn't mind working with an actual live composer who would create original music for a piece. But finding that composer has been tough. Huh. Maybe I need to figure out how to build one out of bamboo. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephenschramm at musifier.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at musifier, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074, and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>